Hello, MMD. Jason here for another Garbage Cast conversation, and you sent me one word this time. One word, comics. Now, of course, I could talk about briefly meeting Rodney Dangerfield in the bathroom uh, at the Improv in Los Angeles. I could talk about seeing Jerry Seinfeld in person. I could also talk about comic books I had growing up, like Archie. You know, Archie today, nothing like Archie was back then. Riverdale, I I, I tried to watch that at first, and it was very un-Archie, very, very twisted. Now, uh, my, I questioned my whole childhood. But I'm going to talk about... I'm going to talk about the newspaper comics. That's right. I'm going to talk about something so antiquated, so antique... I don't know how many people still read newspaper comics. In fact, I don't read a newspaper anymore. I stopped reading the newspaper years ago when they stopped 
delivering it correctly here to my house, and I would have to call them every day and say, no paper again. Okay, we'll credit you, but we don't re-deliver. And I had to call them repeatedly, repeated. I mean, it was like five, six times in two weeks, and I finally said, how about I stop having to call you every morning to get my 35 cents back? So I, I quit, and I decided that was it. And I stopped reading the comics at that point. Now, that was probably 10, 11 years ago. And up until that point, I would go to the office every day. My newspaper would typically come around 5 a.m. I would leave the house around 5.30 a.m., grab my newspaper, take it with me to the office when I did not work at home. And as part of my morning routine, I would flip immediately to the comics and typically hardly read anything else in the paper. I was subscribing to the newspaper for years just for the comics. And I had a whole list of comics that would go right down the page and read comics. And, yeah, I guess every once in a while to fill in the blanks, the ones that I could not read in my local paper. I would go out to, I think there was a Seattle newspaper years ago that started putting the comics out there. They were like one of the first ones to put the comics online. And I could read some of the comics that I still read now online uh, in the Seattle newspaper. And that newspaper actually ended up closing, so I think they kept the comics for a little while and then they went completely defunct. Well, last year, I mean, this is after a years-long absence from reading the comics. Uh, you know, what I would do every morning here when I get up now, totally different world. I have my Asus Transformer, uh, which is a Windows 10, like a tablet with a keyboard, very small, but I love it. I got it, great deal. I got it for 99 bucks on clearance at Walmart a couple of years ago, and it's my most fantastic favorite gadget ever. And I would start every morning reading Feedly. That's become my, like my newspaper. And, uh, you know, different blogs that I follow, looking up and down Twitter. And then somebody posted like a snarky comic blog. And, and a comic I had read years ago was Funky Winkerbean. Funky Winkerbean is just like, it is the tragedy of comics now. Uh, in years ago, when I was like in junior high and high school, it had a lot to do with like band and high school. And it was funny, you know, funny in a band nerd sort of way that we all as band nerds really appreciated. Funky Winkerbean is not like that anymore. Funky Winkerbean does have like moments where it tries to be punny. It has moments where it tries to have like a random gag, but it's mostly about people my age and older being frustrated because he aged all the characters in this thing they called like Act 2 or Act 3, I don't know which act they're on, where he just decided one day to go into real time and age all the characters. And it's really twisted and weird and convoluted and confusing, especially with the fact that he also writes a comic called Crankshaft, Okay? Well, Crankshaft did not age in real time. Crankshaft is still in the previous Funky Winkerbean past. And the worlds collided this last year when in Funky Winkerbean we realized that Crankshaft is in a nursing home sitting in a wheelchair. That is right, Crankshaft made an appearance in the future in Funky Winkerbean where he is alive and, vi and vital and well in his current Crankshaft, you know, time. But in Funky Winkerbean time, which is somewhere today or in the future, he is a dilapidated husk of a person sitting in a wheelchair in a nursing home. What a what a fantastic thing. It takes the comic out of comic. <laughs> that is what is happening in Funky Winkerbean. Okay, so how did I rediscover this? Well, uh, maybe a year or two back, I, I came upon a, uh, a blog called Son of, Stu Son of Stuck Funky. Okay, it is a snark blog. There's many snark blogs out there. Uh, that's just one generalization way to put it. 
and the con- the whole blog is about Funky Winkerman. Every day they look at the comic, they have a host of volunteer writers, and they write an in-depth analysis poking holes in that in that comic. And they have this incredible knowledge of all of the Funky Winker Bean tome. This this comic has been around for years. I think it came out in, I want to say it was 1973. I could be wrong there, but it was the early to mid-70s. This thing has been around for a long time. These people seem to have a knowledge all the way back, and they refer to different things as Act 1, Act 2. They know the history of the different people, how long it's been since we last saw the people reappear. It's a real soap opera of a comic, and they know everything about it. So for a little bit, I was reading that every morning. This was before I got my Asus Transformer. So I guess I was reading it every day on my regular laptop. Fast forward to last year when I started replacing my newspaper habit finally, and I decided every morning I didn't just need to get up and read my Feedly blogs, because fewer and fewer people are blogging, and Twitter. Twitter is a terrible way to start the day because it's filled with negativity. I decided I would start reading comics again. So I I bookmarked Son of Stuck Funky, and Funky Winker Bean as my first two things that I would read every morning. And that has grown in about over a year into a whole list of comics that I read every morning. They are bookmarked in my Microsoft Edge browser, okay? They're also on my iPad if I'm too lazy to, you know, they're in Safari on that. But if I, you know, so if I want to do my morning routine on the crapper, I can also read my comics on the crapper. And I open all the tabs at once, and all the comics fill the page. They're all on here right now. And I go comic to comic. And the first thing that I read is another comic blog that I discovered through Son of Stuck Funky and sort of kind of surfing around. And that is joshreads.com, also known as the Comics Curmudgeon. Now, he writes about all sorts of comics. He sort of kind of goes back and forth between, you know, Dick Tracy is popular with him. Spider-Man is popular with him. Mary Worth is popular with him. More about that here in a bit. Today's entry, which I have not read yet, he typically publishes around 6 a.m. Central, and I read everything this morning about 4.30. So I read all the comics, and Son of Stuck Funky, they publish at like midnight. So uh, Comics Curmudgeon comes a little later, so I'm going to save this for later, but today he's writing about Dick Tracy. Marvin, Marvin is always about like duty jokes and peeing in your pants. Let's see what it's about today. Oh yes, yes, there's a poop joke in it, so he's going to talk about that poop joke. Pluggers, which is just a weird comic. Uh, it's about like animals, like senior citizen animals, and they're like griping about traffic, griping about having to stand in line. It's a whole comic about. It's it's almost like Funky Winker Bean, honestly, except it's typically trying to be funny. So we got a little pluggers in there today. Also, oh, Mary Worth also made the uh, also made the thing because there's a little storyline right now with a guy Ted in Mary Worth who kind of looks like John Kerry. So that's kind of exciting. So the next tab, Son of Stuck Funky. Of course, I've already read this today, and it is talking about uh, the Funky Winker Bean, which uh, somebody is pulling up to the comics corner. We have no idea who it is. So you have to have read Funky Winker Bean for at least a little while to understand the storyline, to understand the characters. You have to have buy-in into some of these comics. They are like serials. They they continue, they progress, they have storylines that can go weeks. You have to know backstories. Some comics you can just pick up every day and you can sort of see what's going on. You don't have to think at all. Today's Funky Winker Bean is an example of, you know, there's some mystery. There's some sort of, uh, you know... Um, Something to do with the overall storyline. Who is pulling up to the comics corner? Who is someone going to shoot the place up? Is someone going to try to buy something really stupid? Or is it going to be just a pun? 
You know, are, are we going to be rewarded with a terrible, stupid pun at the end of the week? You know, you almost hate read Funky Winkerbean, and I think that is the point of it. And maybe the guy who writes it gets that, too. He knows we're all hate-reading it, so he's trying to further our hate, so we keep coming back for more. You know, anger is almost, it's more powerful than enjoyment, and I think that they understand that. So Crankshaft is next. Uh, Crankshaft is still talking about his friend that has a knee injury. This has been going on for several weeks Crankshaft is probably in his 60s. He has a friend that has a knee injury, and it, it culminated with the fact that Crankshaft drops pills under the refri- and they roll under the refrigerator, and he can't bend down and get them because he's too, you know, he's not super feeble, but he's fe- feeble enough. And he had to go back to the pharmacist and say, "I need some extra pills to replace the ones that went under the refrigerator." <laughs> yes, and Crankshaft drives a bus in real life. Uh, well, not real life, in comic life, in the overall tome. And, and like I said, this this comic is in the same universe as Funky Winkerbean, and people go back and forth, but you see older versions of these people in Funky Winkerbean than in Crankshaft. It's very odd, and sometimes they'll like reference each other. They'll reference the different people back and forth. It's It's very weird. It's surreal. I also read High and Lois. High and Lois is written by the uh, same team that brings you Beetle Bailey. Uh, And uh, it is cheesy. It is just cheesy. Sometimes, though, it goes into really odd, like, it's about the, I would say these people are, like, in their late 30s. They have kids. Uh, The the dad, he has to go to the bar just to deal with life sometimes. And sometimes it's just really cheesy and over the top. And sometimes they'll swipe at current culture so I keep it just because there's sort of like a, I, I don't know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to let it go. I guess that's the problem. <laughs> Sally Forth. Sally Forth, I recall, in the 80s was kind of like the movie 9 to 5. Sally was out there working. It had to do a lot with her boss, her friend at work. Now it has moved into territory about sort of the family life. It, it does touch on work, but it's a lot more in-depth. As in Ted's dad, Ted is Sally Forth's husband. Ted's dad died in this long, uh, exploratory month, and then Ted was really depressed after, and there was a long, drawn-out thing in hospice, and it was extremely dramatic and sad and awful, and I had to go to, like, therapy three extra times that week. Uh, Today we're talking, now the kids, uh, they have a teenage daughter, which I think is somewhere in middle school, and and it's about her band practicing in the garage. So see, we, we're getting a break this week. But last week it was very odd. They were actually openly talking about like the dialogue in the comic and uh, you know the readership. It was very strange where Ted talks about like the readers and Sally's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Here it says this is from Saturday. It says. Uh, uh, Sal, Sally's thinking about rehiring Alice, who she used to work with. And and Ted says she was a fun character. Heck, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see her back. And Sally says, character? People? What are you talking about? And then Ted says, I'm just saying the two of you generated several storylines, and clearly I have to go back to sleep because I'm rambling. So there's always like this this discussion of the comics universe inside of Sally Forth that comes up every once in a while. And it's very, it's like a, uh, it's like a nod to the reader, I guess you would say. So uh, Sally Forth, Mary Worth uh, has been around forever and ever and ever. It is just, uh, 
it's almost it almost makes fun of itself now. The storylines, thank God, are a little more accelerated than some of the other comics I'm going to discuss. So you know, you know, if you're getting really bored, within a month the storyline changes. Right now, Mary Worth is trying is about to market her muffins. That's all I'm going to say. She's going to market her muffins. I know that sounds really kind of dirty and all. It's not. The Mary Worth, it's so, it can be so boring at times, yet, uh, you know, every once in a while something really funny pops up and happens. So it's worth, it's worth reading every week, every day. And, and Mary Worth is a comic that you have to invest time into to get to know all the characters, to get to know, it's a soap opera-y sort of comic strip. So you got to have a little buy-in to keep up with it. Uh, next is Mark Trail. I, I don't know why I keep reading it. It's pure torture. The storylines take forever. I mean, the same thing has been happening in this comic for over a week now. It is so boring. I'm about to stop reading it. I just can't stand it anymore. Uh, I, I was at the point, everybody was making fun of it. So I started reading it last year and, and have only been through two storylines in a year. And, well, we're starting a third one now. We're not even getting off the ground. Like I said, it's been over a week. They visited a little bit of a storyline right around Christmas, and then they just like totally ignored it and never went back to it. Very frustrating. I think something else will fill my Mark Trail slot very soon. Also, Rex Morgan, MD. It's another soapy comic that you have to have buy-in to understand all the characters. It has gotten so boring, I'm thinking about getting rid of it all. So it's just, it's just cheesy. It's just cheesy. Uh, finally, Dilbert. Dilbert is one I've been reading for years. Uh, you know, uh, the writer of Dilbert, uh, Scott Adams, is, is sort of a very... I guess he's a far-right kind of conservative nut or something. He's really he's really amped up on that lately, and he writes a blog, and I think he tweets very conservative things. I think a lot of people are not pleased about it, but I think he understands his base. You know, the people left reading newspapers that actually buy them are probably 70-year-old white men mostly. So, I, you know, I, <laughs> I think he understands the audience, and, and I will tell you, sometimes I feel like he's following me at work. So that's all I will say about that. He understands cubicle culture, IT life. Um, and in the 90s, when I really read this every day, and I stopped reading Gilbert for a while because it had just gotten so – it was so dead on that it was depressing. That, that's how it got. it got. It got to the point where I really felt like, are, is he surveilling me? He's talking about my life. I don't want to read in the comics my life. That's no fun. Now I can, you know, I can smile and nod and say, ha-ha. But back then it was a little close to home. And finally, Pearls Before Swine is probably the most brilliant comic that I read every day. It's, I don't know how long he's going to be able to sustain this. Uh, you know, it's, it's like Calvin and Hobbes. You know, you knew what you had when you had it, and then when it went away, you were like, oh, no. I mean, Calvin and Hobbes single-handedly single about destroyed the comic industry when it left because it was it was a main reason to go to the comics page every day and when it left oh man i you know like for me i was just kind of like uh you know what's left behind is not at this level and that's another thing i don't like about the comic pages uh they recycle a lot of comics from dead people like peanuts is still in the com and i and i love some snoopy but i don't read it anymore and it was in the you know i mean it's like clear up some space 
you know, for up-and-coming uh, comic strip writers. And don't just keep recycling the comics of dead people. Now, I'm not saying we should ignore Peanuts and its heritage and whatever. And like I said, they're aiming for that 70-year-old white male, of course, probably, with these newspapers. So, you know, eventually this whole industry is going to collapse. Where will these uh, syndicated comics end up? I have no idea. I don't know how these people are making a living today. They can't, I, I you know, I think the glory days of, like, Garfield... And Peanuts, uh, you know, I think those days are sort of over. Calvin and Hobbes, I, I don't know that you're ever going to get that sort of, I, I just, you know, I hate to see that happen, but that is the way of the world, folks. They need to find a better way. You know, you need to be able to go out here and, and register for your comics uh, in a, you know, I don't care how many ads you pop up. Don't expect me to pay $10 a month to see comics. You can do this now. But, you know, I should be able to make my own comic page and scroll up and down and look at them every day and interact with, uh, you know, whoever every day, the little community of people that read them. And until they make it easier to consume comics, like right now I have to open 10 or 11 tabs and go to individual pages to see today's comics. And, you know, that's fine. That's a lot better than having to go buy a newspaper and or having to fight with them over will they deliver it or not. But, uh, you know, they got to do something smart to keep people engaged and to be able to consume this stuff in an easy manner without having to go to multiple websites. I'm sure a lot of people are not like me. They don't have tabs filled with comics now. A lot of people read the online comics, and maybe that's how they handle it. Or, and, you know, RSS feeds don't work for these either. The way that they have them in their little, uh, you know, behind paywalls and, and stuff like that, you can't just, like, put in RSS feeds and get the latest comics. That does, It does not work that way. So I think web comics probably have the advantage there also. 18 minutes, me talking about comics. Uh, what do I get out of it? Uh, it's a nice diversion to start the day. Like I said, it's not the seriousness of Twitter and the uh, angriness of Twitter, so I don't go into my day with that seriousness and angriness. I like the fact that it's a little lighter. I like the fact that I can sometimes relate to stuff or that it's so cheesy over the top that I chuckle as I hate read comics. Uh, like Funky Winkerbean. I, I think Funky Winkerbean is the comic I love to hate the most. And I would say Dilbert is the one I can relate to the most. Pearls Before Swine is probably the one that I get the most out of every day uh, because I think it's brilliant. Uh, and I'm sure, like I said, by just like podcasts that I listen to, the lineup of comics that I read are going to start to evolve, especially as I shed off stuff like Mark Trail. And, uh, you know, like for a little while I tried a comic called Judge Parker, and it was just so, it got so boring, so weird, I finally was like, no, I think I'm good. So, you know, I'll fill in my uh, comics, I'll evolve, I'll, uh, maybe one day I'll share at least here or on the other podcast, uh, you know, changes I've made to my comics lineup. Maybe I need to do a comics I read page. Wouldn't that be exciting? Like the podcast I listen to page. People could just morph into me. No, you don't want to do that. I look forward to hearing... I, I hear some weirdness in my uh, headphone here. I hope this thing is recording okay. I, it seems like it's picking up some noise from something. I'm, I'm nowhere near my phone, so I don't know what might be interfering with this. So my apologies to the audio files out there. I hope this came through okay. Uh, I can't wait to hear, MMD, what you have to say about comics uh, or what kind of comics you're going to talk about. This may be like... This may have come out of left field. You might not have been expecting this. So... Uh, Shout out to all of you in Germany that listen to this, in Norway and the other places. We know you're out there, and it's freaking me out. Talk to you all later. Adios.
Mama told me, go make yourself some pens or you'll be lonely Once I was seven years old It was a big, big world, but we thought we were bigger Pushing each other to the limits, we were learning quicker By 11, smoking herb and drinking burning liquor Never rich, so we were out to make that steady bigger Once I was Check one, two. All right, here we go. All right. With this week's topic of comics, dipping into the anime manga aspect of the MMD. Of the garbage cast conversations. And as I already stipulated, this week's topic is comics. Now, let me just get out ahead of time and, and say I actually have uh, three or four long boxes full of traditional comic books. Um, I wasn't really big into comics, per se. I was more into cartoons. Um, we always had anime and, like, manga around the house 
Um, both my brothers were into it. My mom is a super anime fan. This music right here is from Naruto, one of the comic books that I um, collected. Well, actually, not comic books, graphic novels. <laughs> um, actually, they're graphic novels. Yeah, no. I don't know. Comics, graphic novels, I... I don't see why the differentiation, other than the fact that it's, I find them more economical. I would actually read stuff quite quickly. Um, so, as far as comics, uh, I had a religious comic book, uh, The Story of Krishna, which I have somewhere that I love a lot. Um, uh, let's see, what else? I didn't really, like, buy any comic books until high school, when I started buying, like, graphic novels. So, the comics that I owned were bought for me by my uncle, because my mom thought, 90s era comic books would be uh, collectible so I have like the whole onslaught the whole onslaught arc ah. let me take a sip of this coffee the whole onslaught arc of all the different um, comics where that took place in the 90s they made a lot of limited edition comics, quote-unquote limited edition comics, to bolster this fake collectible market. And my mother was one of those people who was suckered in by the promise of collector's value. So, I haven't actually, like, really in-depth looked at these because I'm not allowed to because I'm going to ruin them, quote-unquote. Um, and I've always not cared, so. I'm pretty sure it's, like, a lot of X-Men and, like, X-Force and Cable, because that's what my uncle liked. He had a friend that worked at a comic book store, and so you get a lot of comic books at, like, discount prices. I actually have a few graphic novels with me. I didn't bring up the Naruto one because it's not my favorite story. It's a, a anime is like anime and manga are like either shoujo, which is a girl anime, or shonen or boy anime. Boy animes are all about like fighting and being tough and having the determination to succeed and quote-unquote girl animes or mangas are all about, like, love and, like, power relationships and, um, like, the more emotional manipulation, that kind of stuff. 
So I was more into that shoujo type of stuff in uh, high school. I, I just was more fascinated with stories about love and relationships and drama as opposed to like superpower people. Mind you, I did like watch the cartoons like Dragon Ball Z and again like Naruto, which is about ninjas. But I was more into the the sappy, emotional tugging at the heartstrings than it was like the fighting. So that being said, the three selections Ice Ice took for sampling, I'm going to read the backs of after I give the titles. So I have the first one, which is Karikano, which is His and Her Circumstances. Obviously, there's a Japanese title and an English title. And here is the, the synopsis on the back. Yukino Miyazawa has it all. Perfect grades, looks, the admiration of her peers. She's the number one student at her school. At least she was until he showed up. The new boy, Soichiro Aruma. One ups her in every department. And the worst thing about it is that he's sincere. With her ego in jeopardy, Yukino will do whatever it takes to regain the spotlight. But falling in love was never part of the plan. That's why I really like this book. It's about... Uh, uh, high school couple and uh, the female character is more obsessed with her appearance and being number one and she's actually quite um, selfish and emotional and uh, more interested in prestige than the character who comes from wealth, which is the, the male. He is actually quite handsome, and so he has everything, or so it seems, because he has a messed up childhood, and then there's like all this emotional drama of being from a noble family, and it gets quite in-depth, and, and every character has their own backstory. So I got really deep into it. I bought the I bought the the anime and the mangas because they're different. So that's Karikano or his and her circumstances. My favorite comic book of all time, pretty much. Um, then there's like the male version of that, which is like called Boys B. It's a collection of short stories of dudes trying to get ladies in high school. And each character, like each one is like a different sub story, like different characters, the whole deal. Um, just be forewarned, there is a lot of boobs and butt shots because it's for dudes. So there's a lot of fan service, but most of them are pretty, I guess, like PG-13. They're not too ridiculous, but I kind of like the, the different counterpoints in 
it takes like the idea of a, a romance comic and kind of spins it a bit. Most of the dudes are hopeless or like mono-focused on hobbies or just discovering ladies, so. They're not very clear with their feelings, and so there's a lot of hilarity that ensues. So there's that. And then the last one that I want to... Oh. I don't want to read the back of that one. Because they're all separate, like they're all different. I don't really need to uh, go into it. That, the both, the two first ones are both made by Tokyo Paul. This last one is made by Viz. It's called Hot Gimmick. It's actually more favorite than the second one. It's about a girl named Hatsumi. Who's from like a, they live in company housing. And so even at home life, they have to be very careful of making waves because it affects their jobs, like their parents' jobs. So they live in company housing. He's like a, like, the father is a, a lower on the totem pole, and she ends up being entangled in a relationship with the son of the president, who is manipulative. He comes into this upper world of nobility, and so he's a very dark person in the beginning, uh, blackmailing her. So let me give you the description. When high school girl Hatsumi has to go buy a pregnancy test because her popular sister, Akane, is late, who does she run into but her creepy bully neighbor, Ryoki? And now he's blackmailing her to become his slave. How will mild-mannered Hatsumi get out of this mess? Will Hatsumi's childhood crush and male model, Azusa, be able to save her from Ryoki's clutches? Find out why Hot Gimmick is one of the most talked about new manga titles coming out of Japan. So yeah, it's, I mean, they end up getting together through the course of the events of, and then it's an off again, on again relationship. I should have also brought up Nana, but I don't know where that is. Um, that's basically about two girls, or sorry, two women meet on a train and they're both named Nana and they have different lives and they're, one's running away from her old life and one is going to Tokyo to start um, a career as like a hot music act and it's all about them getting popular but they are immediately are like almost meteoric rise but it's about the two women and I was really on board but then the manga abruptly stopped being published in graphic novels um, and then 
they started getting very infrequent, and then at that point, it completely, I lost interest in it. But yeah, that's that's comic books to me. I don't think of um, a single comic that I've liked from the back of the. Um, comic section. I really, I, we got the star and they had shitty comics. Uh, I, I guess I like the Boondocks because I saw the cartoon. But again, that's not really the breadth of the subject. And I have my masterpiece grade Black Convoy Optimus Prime now. Uh, I guess that's also... They have comics of, of Transformers. I would guess I would say that would be one of my favorite comics as well. I wasn't a Teenage Mutant Ninja per Turtle guy because that was before my time, like way before my time, and also... Um, apparently they were not the exact same. They were really dark, and they all had red, and they were all like murderous Ninja Turtles. So I, that wasn't my speed at the time. I'd be like a small child. I think I'm just gonna leave it at that. This has been MD. For manga. Actually, manga graphic novels. With this week's Garbage Cast Conversations, another one is in the books. Read it. I am the stone that the builder 
Thank <laughs> you. 